The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. From the death rate, vaccine shedding, as well as ways to survive 2023. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving. So I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in today to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I really do appreciate it. And before I get started with all of my topics that I want to hit today, I want to kind of do some housekeeping here and address some letters that I've received. And I have two really nice letters set by some listeners from Missouri, and it's Darren and Linda, and they're wonderful listeners, and they're both wide awake. But they not only see things, they're testing things, and I really do appreciate that. And they're sending me some of their results of some of the testing they've done. And when I mean testing, I'm not talking about scientific testing in a test tube. I'm talking about just observing life and putting that to the test. And anyway, before I get started with the letter, I want to really say a very warm thank you to Darren and Linda because they're great supporters and they not only take the time to listen, but they take the time to interact with me and I really do appreciate it. And they sent me two letters and I want to address each letter independently. First of all, I hate to get back to you so late because it's been almost a month since they wrote the letters, 
But I've just been swamped with things here at the ranch. And right before I recorded this, I was recording an episode of Truth to Ponder with the cows in the background bellowing, telling me that it was time to feed them. And I had just 15 more minutes of recording time to do. And so I decided, well, I don't want to break away from my recording because I was kind of in a groove. And before I quit recording, the cows quit bawling, and I should have known something was up. I went out to find the cows broke through the fence, and they were scattering my bales everywhere. And I tried to get them back in, but we had an ice storm here, and all the gates were stuck shut. So I couldn't open any gates. So I had cows out there ruining my hay pile. And I didn't have anywhere to go with them because I couldn't open the gate. Well, finally, I found one gate that I thought might be able to be manhandled. And so I gave it everything I had, and I wiggled, and I twisted, and I yanked, and I did everything. And finally, it broke free. And so the cows didn't get that much ruined, but they sure were walking all over everything. And so there's never a dull moment around here for sure. But getting back to the letters, I do apologize for getting back to you so late, but Better late than never. And again, this is from Darren and Linda. And they've been preppers for more than 10 years. And they're still picking up some good tips from this show. And they did get some good tips from the letter I shared from Art. And so, Art, again, thank you for writing your letter because you helped some fellow travelers. And that's what this show is primarily about. I want to be a blessing and I want to help. They go on to say that just a few years ago that they would have considered some of Art's recommendations as a bit over the top or paranoid. But they say, but no more. Anything is possible these days. And I couldn't agree more. We have to be prepared for anything and everything. And they used to advise their customers at their survival store to be prepared for storms or sabotage that could knock out the electrical power. And they say at the time that they were given these recommendations, it seemed that the power outages would be really short and temporary. They said that they never envisioned a world like this where a long-term power outage seems rather tame by comparison to the multitude of other very real scenarios. And again, well said. We're living in such a world with so many snares and so many dangers everywhere that a simple power outage does seem very tame. They go on to say that illegitimate Joe, which is what I call him, was a year premature when he referred to 2022 as a dark winter. Darren and Linda are thinking that possibly this is the long dark winter that he was talking about. And I've been telling people that for several months, that I thought that this was going to be our long dark winter. So we we agree there. Here's where they started studying and reported their findings to me that they started in the fall of picking up some newspapers. And they started noticing that there were a lot more deaths, a lot more obituaries than there were births. And they say that there were about 50% more obits in their weekly paper than there used to be. Now think about that. 50% increase in deaths. And Linda points out that she knows this because she used to be the editor of that paper. She says it seems like a lifetime ago. But then she realized something else. There were 14 obituaries, but only one birth record. So week after week, there were at least 10 deaths and just one or two or no births. She goes on to ask, how can a civilization survive like that? Well, it can't. That's obvious. See, the people who are awake, 
the people with common sense and the people with intelligence, we all see what's going on. We know what's going on. It's just what can we do about it? You can't tell young people to have children because, first of all, it's none of our business. We shouldn't be telling anyone to have children or not to have children. But second of all, there's a conscious decision by lots of couples not to have children. And while I don't agree with that choice, we have to respect it. But the kind of numbers that she is showing are definitely abnormal. At least 10 deaths to just one or two or no births. So two would be extremely high. I would say no births would be probably fairly normal, but one probably would catch it. And so that's 90 people dying with 10 people being born. And in the central part of the United States, where the population is actually going down, it's devastating to lots of businesses. Do you know how many businesses cater to families? Doesn't sound like there's very many families, they're just individual people. And over the years, we've seen our schools consolidate, and a lot of things consolidate because the population has been shrinking among the younger people. And then a lot of younger people decide not to have children, and the ones that decide that they want children are being sterilized by chemtrails and other chemicals and who knows what else. Definitely this death vax is a sterilization tool. And she goes on to state that their closest hospital, which caters to several counties, they make it a big to-do every year by celebrating the first baby of the year. And I know lots of hospitals used to do that and they would give the parents a big gift basket for having the first baby born in that year. And she said generally the first baby is born within a few minutes after midnight on January 1. I remember that the competition for that vaunted first baby of the year was pretty great, sometimes only minutes separating the births of the first children. And she said this year it was January 3rd before a baby was born, and late in the day at that. So late in the day of January 3rd was their first baby. So, of course, January 1 and 2, there were no births at all. And she says now a year later, the deaths have slowed to a normal rate, although the births have not increased, and the ages of the deceased are getting younger. She said a month or so ago, she started writing down the ages of the people who had died in her area, and she was getting their ages off the radio's funeral announcements. And here's the ages, 18, 33, 35. 48, 53, 67, 72, 81, 89, and 90. And so only 30% of the deceased reached the average mortality rate. And she goes on to ask, alarming, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's very alarming. When you see 18, 33, 35, when you see numbers like that, you have to think of accidents or drug overdoses or suicides or something abnormal. But in this day and age, it could be the COVID shot or the booster. Think of that safety that plays for the Buffalo Bills, the collapse on the field. And although I'm not a doctor, I would bet anything I had that the heart issue that he ended up having and having a cardiac arrest was caused because of the death vax. And then she goes on to ask, I wonder what regular in quotations, people think of this. Do they notice? Or do they think COVID is to blame? Perhaps the unvaxxed are dying, according to mainstream news. Well, I'm going to answer all three of those. Regular people don't notice, because regular people are indoctrinated. Regular people are zombies. Regular people are what are known as the sheeple. 
And do they think COVID's to blame? I think deep down most people do know that this COVID vax is bad. And also, on the second point, asking about whether people think COVID is to blame, I think a lot of people think COVID is to blame for everything. Remember, officially, a lot of people died in car accidents and motorcycle accidents that they tested them for COVID in the mortuary, and so they listed them as a COVID death. So we can't seriously take anything that's being told to us by the mainstream media of cause of death. Not at all. But I think most people probably think COVID would be to blame. And people are being indoctrinated now that heart attacks in young children are normal, and people dying at age 18 from respiratory diseases such as COVID is normal. And then she says, perhaps the unvaxxed are dying, according to the mainstream news. Well, the unvaxxed are not dying. Maybe a few, but not very many. Mainstream news is absolutely fake. I have zero respect for anyone in the mainstream news industry. And I have several people that work at local radio and television, and they know what's going on, but yet they still broadcast that same garbage. And so when I see them, I just avoid them because they don't want to hear what I have to say to them. Because we're living in such a farce. We're living in such a fantasy world because of the mainstream media. Linda goes on to say that she supposes some of the younger deaths could be attributed to car crashes and other accidents. And she's right there. But she also says, I'm suspicious now, too, of single car wrecks as a Vaxter dying suddenly behind the wheel. And that's something that no one ever thinks about. Now, I had a friend that had a heart attack and he died behind the wheel years ago. And when he died, he stiffened up and his foot was on the accelerator. And he was doing about 90 miles an hour when he hit the dead end of a street and he crashed into a tree. And at first, a lot of people thought he committed suicide or the car had something wrong with it. But when they did the autopsy, they found out that he died from a massive heart attack and he was dead about a minute before he hit that tree. And so, yes, that could be happening. That's something that is never discussed. People don't like to talk about such things. But we are getting hit with this new phrase, this sudden death syndrome. And a lot of these people are dying suddenly. They're trying to make that mainstream. They're trying to make that normal. People don't just die suddenly unless there's a cause. You know that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And the action of vaccinating people are causing people to have reactions and causing them to die. That is absolute fact. I don't care what the mainstream says. I don't care what the indoctrinated, brainwashed sheeple, the zombies, I don't care what they say. What I just said is true. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on veteranbrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust. And you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to veteranbrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there. And on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show. <laughs> 
and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at veteranbrigades.com. And Linda goes on to say that she doesn't like to ramble, but she says it does feel good to rant to someone, even though that we'll likely never meet in person. And she goes on to say, as a regular member of your listening audience, we do feel like we know you and look forward to hearing your views on the week's events. I do appreciate you being part of my radio family. And yes, I do feel like that my listeners are my radio family. And at minimum, they're my friends. And this is what I tell everyone when I answer them in an email. I tell them I'm only an email away because I am truly here to help. And for people like Darren and Linda who would rather use the regular post office, I'm only a letter away. And I never tire of people ranting because I learn what's going on. Because see, you people out there, you listeners, you are the rubber meets the road. You are society. You are what's real. You're what's really happening, not what the mainstream tells you what's happening. And so feel free to write me and rant anytime because I'm a good listener and also I learn from you. And so I do appreciate it. And I appreciate your attention to detail with the obituaries. I think that's great. I think that you're paying attention to such things is very vital right now. I think it's a great thing. Now, I know I spent quite a bit of time on that letter, but... That letter had an awful lot to say. And I have one more letter I'm going to comment on. I've had several other small short letters that I do appreciate. But this second letter from Darren and Linda is just as good as the first. And they wrote this two days after the first letter. And so they had an awful lot on their mind. And I'm going to skip to the relevant parts here that affect you and me. And Linda says, I hope you don't get the idea that I sit around every day and write long letters because I don't. Normally, I'm outside every day, particularly at this time of the year, getting ready for growing season. Well, no, I don't think that's all you do is sit around and write letters. I think you're passionate, and I do think that you care, and I do appreciate both things. And right here, you state a very good thing. Everyone should be outside getting ready for growing season, regardless of where you live, on days that you can. Because I think this growing season that's coming up, is likely the most important growing season in our lifetime so far. Now, I may be wrong, but I really think that this is the year to learn how to forage and learn how to garden. I think 2023 is going to be a bear. And so I think you're doing the right thing by doing what you can during whatever season it is to get ready for the growing season. But she's responding to a Truth to Ponder episode I did, where I asked the listeners for feedback on whether this COVID-19, if they catch it, whether that changed their attitude or their ambition. And so she decided to contribute to my research, and I do appreciate it. She says, I wish I had a positive report, although it is comforting to know it's not just us. She says, in fact, this entire situation makes me sick, and it does me too. Until two and a half years ago, we were both superchargers going strong all day, accomplishing big tasks, right and left. Now we're nearly daily nappers. She says, how embarrassing. I wouldn't say this has given us a bad attitude, more like being disappointed in our slower progress on projects. Darren keeps trying to make excuses that we're getting older. That's true, but overnight? No, something else is going on here. 
I want to comment on that. Very, very true. Something else is going on. I see every day things that I need to get done. Maybe not need, but I should say strongly want to get done. And every day I say, I'm going to do that today. And every day I don't come up with an excuse. It's just I'm working so slow on my other projects that I don't get to it. And I've got some things that have been waiting for months for me just to finish. And I could probably finish some of these projects in an hour or two each project. And I think, okay, this one's near completion. I'll get on that tomorrow. But since I caught COVID, tomorrow just never seems to come. And I was listening to a broadcast with a German doctor that the COVID spike proteins mess with people's ability to communicate with God and also messes with their internal clock and also their desires and just their zest for life. And that's what part of this bioweapon is all about, is to make people docile and is to make people not productive. I don't know if this doctor is actually saying things that are true, but I'm going to say in my case, he sounded like he was talking about me. And it almost sounds like he's talking about Linda and Darren too, because I understand that not getting things done that you want to get done, how frustrating that is. And yes, you're right. Something else is going on. And I do suspect that it's something inside this bioweapon. And here's something that I think everyone needs to understand. This is not a disease. COVID-19 is not a virus. It's not a disease. It's not an epidemic. It's not a pandemic. It's none of the above. Now, they've been calling it all of those, but it's not. It is a bioweapon. It's a weapon. The minute that you absolutely get your head around it, that it's not a normal virus, it's not a normal disease, it's not anything about this is normal. It is a manufactured bioweapon. And you might say, well, I already know that. Well, you might know it in your head, but know it in your spirit. This is a bioweapon. We have been attacked. We have been attacked just as sure as someone shooting at you or someone throwing bombs at you or hand grenades. We have been attacked. Some of us have been wounded. And others have been killed by this attack. And yet, since we don't see the bioweapon, and there's so much disinformation coming from the quote-unquote authorities, that we think that we can build immunity to it. We think that our body will handle it like it's a normal disease, and we'll just build our immune system and we'll be okay. Wake up, folks. This is a bioweapon. And do you suppose that when they designed this bioweapon that they would have thought that after a generation or two, that after, that after someone caught it, that their body would create an immunity to it? Do you suppose they didn't figure that out? Of course they did. So they designed this, and so it would morph, it would change. And so your body would never adapt to it. It's a bioweapon. Our bodies are used to fighting normal diseases and normal things like that. And so this bioweapon was designed specifically so our body cannot adjust. Our body cannot fight. That's all part of the engineering of this bioweapon. And so when people say, well, they released a disease, we're going to catch the disease and get it over with, and we're going to have immunity, and then we're going to go on. Wake up, folks. This is a bioweapon. And one of the things that it's supposed to do is kill our productivity. Now, Linda goes on to say that they both got COVID the first time and they were relieved to get it out of the way. And 
while I do understand that sentiment, and I thought that too the first time I caught it, the second time I caught it, I realized that I didn't have any natural immunity. Then it hit me. I'm not supposed to have natural immunity. And so while most people do think that we can get a natural immunity to a bioweapon, we have to come to grips with the fact that these people are evil, and they made this thing, and so we could not get natural immunity. We might get some natural immunity to lessen the effects, but I don't think that we're going to have immunity enough to keep from catching it again. She goes on to say that six months or so later, after they caught the COVID, they found out that their neighbors that they'd never met before also caught it at the same time. And so she suspect it was an airborne release. She says, just my opinion. Well, I'm going to say that I agree with your opinion because these chemtrails, who knows what's in them? And of course they made this airborne. Why would you make a bioweapon with limitations? These people are playing for keeps, folks. She said she got sick again in March of 2021 after sitting across the room and next to a friend at a lunch get-together, and they mentioned being vaxxed recently. To be safe, you know, she says. A day or two later, she said that she was sicker more than she's ever been in her lifetime. She says that when she wasn't sleeping, she was heaving for three days. And she goes on to say Darren did not catch the illness, and so she thinks that she was shed on, but yet she didn't have the ability to shed on her husband. I don't know about that, but you're probably right. She goes on to say that she completely lost taste and smell, and that really bothered her a lot. She said she kept picking up the strongest smelling things that she had around here, like tea tree oil and cinnamon and oregano oil, wishing myself to smell something. I guess that lasted a few days. Well, I feel your frustration. When I had my massive car wreck, I don't know what happened chemically in my body, but I lost my sense of smell. And I can only smell one or two things. And I can tell you right now that to me, I love the smell of a skunk because I can actually smell it. I can't smell most anything else. I can smell very, very strong, overbearing perfume. And I can smell skunks. Those are about the only thing I can smell. And so when I'm driving down the road, and there happens to be a skunk that's been hit, and I get one whiff, and that part of my senses comes back to life, I feel grateful that it's not altogether gone. But I love the smell of earth being turned by a plow, and I've plowed many acres of ground and not smelled a thing for years. I love the smell of rain on a hot summer day in the evening when the rain comes in, and you have a wonderful smell of fresh rain. I can't smell that. I love the aroma of cooking food. I can't smell that. I think my taste buds work fairly well, but I imagine I over-season my food. But I do understand losing your sense of smell. I've had no sense of smell for over a decade. And it is something that, if you think about it, it really, really can bother you. I'm glad you got yours back. But she says, to finally answer my question... And my question was whether other people suffered the same kind of thing that I did. She said, our previous high energy level has never returned. We still plug away at our chores, but things take much longer than before. That is absolutely the truth. I couldn't agree more. Because that is me in a nutshell. I can plug away and get things done. But it takes an awful lot longer to get things done. Well, I'm going to pick this letter up on the second half of the show. 
because it goes into some things that I've been noticing too. And so when I come back after the break, we're going to talk about people who have been shed on, and we're going to be talking about people that receive the vax and what's happening to them. And I'll be back after this. If you're tuned to Frequency 7.490, you're listening to WBCQ. If you're on 5850, you're listening to WRMI Radio Miami International. And if you're listening on 89.3 FM, you're in tune with Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to this show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea.
Welcome back to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun. And today I'm talking about a wide variety of topics because I'm answering some letters I received. And the letters were very intriguing and full of great information. And these letters are from Darren and Linda. And they're dedicated listeners from Missouri. I do appreciate their friendship and also them listening. Now I'm going to pick up where I left off with the letter. And one thing about reading the letters of the people who are sending me letters, I'm finding out that I could have written at least half of every letter. That the experiences are almost identical. That the observations are identical. And that the people who are awake really do see things clearly. And it's so aggravating when other people can't see it because they're indoctrinated zombies. And it's really frustrating. But I'm just thankful I'm part of that remnant that is awake. I'm going to pick up the letter. And Linda writes, Incidentally, I saw a picture in the local newspaper this week of one of my friends from the shedding lunch experience when she got sick the second time. I almost did not recognize her. She looked like a little old lady. She said she's just a shell of her former self from March 2021 until now. So very sad. I too have had these experiences. I've seen several people that I've known for years that when I saw them, I couldn't hardly recognize them. The latest person I saw is a local doctor who I've known since about 1978 or 79. And he's only a few years older than I am, and he's, and he's always been athletic and sparkling eyes and a nice bright smile. He's the type of guy that likes to help people, and he's truly a good guy. He's always been very outgoing in the community, and he's the type of guy that when he walked into a room, people noticed him because he was about six foot two, had a bright smile and bright eyes, and, and he was one of those guys that you noticed when he walked into a room. Well, I saw him for the first time in a year and a half just about three days ago. And I couldn't believe this withered, bent old man that I was looking at. He came up and told me hello, and I knew who he was by his eyes. But if his eyes had changed, I probably wouldn't have recognized him. He'd shrunk in height. He was stooped. His skin had a real odd red color. He really did not look well. And I do know that he was fully vaxxed with all of his boosters because he told me that himself when I saw him the time before. He said that he was vaxxed and fully boosted at that time, and he was going to continue to get boosted because he thought he was doing the right thing and protecting his patients. That's what he told me, and so I have to take him at his word. And where she saw this lady and she said, so very sad, I agree. It's very sad to see what these evil people with their bioweapon and their vaccine, which is also a bioweapon, to see what that's doing to people. She goes on to write, besides the vax and shedding, one has to wonder about all the chemicals being dumped on us every day. Our woods are dying. Wildlife is getting scarce. The sun rarely shines. This is surely taking a toll on us as well, physically and mentally. And that's one of those things that I could have written. Every day I see the airplanes fly over, and every day they're dumping tons of chemicals on us. And yes, the woods are dying. They're dying everywhere. Wildlife is definitely getting scarce. And the insect activity that's happening in central Nebraska is just next to nothing. After a rainstorm, every puddle used to have some earthworms in it. 
I haven't seen an earthworm in a puddle for several years. There's definitely something going on here, and it's evil. And if you don't think the people that would go to the trouble of making a bioweapon to release it on people, and also go to the trouble to make a bioweapon that they're calling a vaccine, don't think for a minute that they won't use the same evil in the chemtrails. It's all connected, folks. If you don't see that the chemtrails are not connected to everything else, then I really feel sorry for you. You must not be awake. And to those that think chemtrails are contrails and they're normal, well, those kind of people are hopeless. Those kind of people are hopeless, kind of like the Black Knight in Monty Python's In Search of the Holy Grail, where the Black Knight is standing on the bridge and he gets his arm cut off. And so they say, well, you're done, right? We're done fighting. He goes, no, it's just a flesh wound. And he ends up chopping, and he ends up chopping both legs and both arms off of this knight, but this knight refuses to see that he's been defeated. And while the scene is a comedy scene, it is gruesome, it is a bit over the top, but every time I see people that deny things that are in front of their face, I think of this black knight getting chopped up and denying that he's even hurt. But getting back to the letter, she says, I just checked my gardening notebook. We had rain or drizzle all day, every day, except one, for the past nine days. This is not normal. Well, I wish that would happen here, because we are so far in a drought. But I also agree with you, that's not normal. These people can control the weather. They've been able to control it for years and years. They've done it by cloud seeding. And I don't know exactly what this harp and other things like it are. And a lot of people used to listen to Art Bell. And Art Bell was uncovering a lot of these things. And then suddenly he is forced off the radio. And then he died rather suddenly. And things were really kind of odd around all of Art Bell's life and what was going on behind the scenes. And at the time, I didn't quite get it. But Art Bell, I do believe, was a pioneer. And he was one of these guys trying to wake people up. And so he had to be disposed of. I'm not saying that anyone actually killed him. But I do know that Art Bell did claim on several occasions that people in high places were threatening his life. She goes on to say, I also wonder about frequencies. We don't have internet or cell phones or computers, etc. But our solar lights are LED, and it's impossible to find incandescent anymore. She says, in your case, though, you might be picking up bad stuff while doing your show prep online. She says, at the risk of sounding like a complete whack job, I worry that you, Bob Bierman, and Hal Turner have been targeted. I even suspect Rush Limbaugh may have been targeted. His stage 4 cancer appeared awfully suddenly, didn't it? Well, I would have to say yes, it did. And I can't speak for Bob Bierman and I can't speak for Hal Turner, even though I've heard both of them address this. But I do suspect that we all think the same. All of us have lived a nice life, and we've got out of life what I think we're going to get out of it. We all want to fight the good fight. We all want to give back. And all of us know that there can be consequences. Now, out of the three, I'm definitely the smallest potato by a large margin. And so speaking for me, I don't think I'm going to be targeted unless the show grows to much bigger than what it is. But I imagine then I will be targeted. 
but I've left them very little to latch onto as far as to target. And so I'm going to be pretty slippery that way. Of course, they can target you without you even knowing it. I agree with that. As far as Bob Bierman and Hal Turner, I'll let them speak for themselves. But I know Bob Bierman is a servant of God, and he's doing what God is calling him to do. And so Bob Bierman's going to do what Bob Bierman's going to do, because I do believe that Bob Bierman is on a mission from God. And as far as Hal Turner is concerned, he's already been there. He's been imprisoned wrongfully, in my opinion, and he's been treated horribly. He's been targeted. He's been hacked. And he has definitely been a target for years. And so I guess the best thing I could say is keep Hal Turner in your prayers. Keep me in your prayers. Keep Bob Bierman in your prayers. And know that we know the consequences. And one of my favorite sayings, and I believe it was Admiral Farragut in the War of 1812, when they were sailing up to New Orleans and going to go up the Mississippi River, he said, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. That is one of my favorite sayings of all time. And so, speaking for myself, as far as me putting myself in harm's way, I've made a conscious decision. Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. But I do appreciate your concern and your prayers. And touching on this with Rush Limbaugh, I don't know enough about his illness to know exactly what happened. I do know that he had the best care possible. I know he kept a great attitude and he fought the good fight. And Rush Limbaugh really paved the way for almost everybody. And he was hated by these same people that put out the bioweapon and are doing all these awful things. So while I don't know enough about his situation to comment on, it wouldn't surprise me if sometime in the future information came out that yes, he was targeted and maybe his cancer had a little help. But again, I don't know enough about that to say that's the case. But it wouldn't surprise me. I'm going to go back to the letter. Speaking of chemtrails, it broke my heart to see a large V of Canadian geese flying through the chemtrails last week. It's so rare to ever see the geese anymore. Several years ago, a huge mass of Canadian geese kept flying in circles over our place, back and forth, all day long for one day. So I called the conservation department, and she says back when I still used to believe in government agencies, and she called to ask what's the issue, what the issue might be with the geese. I was told, oh, they're simply locals. No way. Those geese were confused and probably from being bombarded with radio waves. I just didn't know about such things then. Now I want to comment there. There used to be so many Canadian geese here that they would wake you up in the morning and keep you from going to bed at night. I live only about 150 yards from a river. And then another 150 yards on the other side of me is a wetlands. So I live in prime goose and duck territory. There used to be so many ducks and geese when I was a young man. You could go hunting literally from your yard. They would fly so low that during hunting season, literally all you had to do is be patient and stand in your yard. And there would be a flock of ducks or geese fly over low enough that if you wanted to bag a few, you could. They were that thick. They were everywhere. And not only one flock, it was dozens of large flocks everywhere you looked. And if you're hunting ducks, it was nothing to go out and get your limit in just minutes. And it used to be that every morning during hunting season, you'd hear hundreds of blasts from shotguns 
and literally hundreds, I'm not exaggerating, every day that people were hunting. I've only heard two shotgun blasts this hunting season. Now there's probably been more that I haven't heard, but I haven't seen any ducks and haven't seen hardly any geese. And another thing is I have some winter rye planted on about 60 acres. And it gets nice and green when everything else is brown around here. That winter rye stays pretty green. And when there's no snow cover, it's usually covered with geese because they love that green stuff. And since I don't hunt on my property anymore, I let the animals have a refuge because I don't think there's very many animals to hunt. My place was kind of the place to be if you were a goose. And so there were just geese everywhere. That's been three years since I've had any geese on my winter rye. Don't tell me that the geese changed their taste buds. And geese generally, if they're migrating through, they stop at the same places every time they migrate through. And I've yet to see one goose on my property this year. And usually I have five or six geese that nest here every year. And so what she says that there's hardly any Canadian geese anymore, that's everywhere. Now, people might say, well, that's the bird flu getting them. Well, could be, but I think it's a lot deeper than that. I think that there are some radio waves out there that are detrimental. I think there's some laser weapons. I've seen videos of laser weapons from space that have helped the fires that they had out west. And I know the chemtrails can't be doing them any good. Anyway, she goes on to say that she thanks me for being there and encouraging dialogue in these troubling times. And again, Darren and Linda, thank you for your letter. I do appreciate that. I do appreciate you contacting me with such great information. And it's very disturbing information, though. But I see the same thing. And that's why I have a radio show. When I first started talking about animals disappearing, I really thought that it was only me. I thought it was something that I was experiencing. It was just local in my area. And I had no clue how widespread it was. And I also thought that I was taking my credibility and putting it on the line by talking about a topic that no one was talking about, and that's the disappearing birds and animals. But since I started talking about it, I found that there were other people talking about it. I just hadn't heard them yet. And yes, there's a lot of people all over the world that are concerned. And yes, it's really happening. And everything that Darren and Linda talked about in their letter I think is relevant. And it's not just me. It's not just my listeners. What they were talking about is real. And it presents a real problem. Well, I said during the first of the show I was going to be talking about helping get through the year 2023, and I kind of went long on the letters. But I think that the letters are very informative. And it lets us know that, yes, we have an uphill climb. There are things that we need to do. There are things that we need to be. There's things we need to plan to get through this year because we have so much working against us. Well, I'm going to start out by saying something that's going to be extremely unpopular. And I know it's going to be unpopular. But I had a feeling back when the smartphones came out that everything was just really overblown. It was just seemed like it was just unreal how all the hype and all the people celebrating, they got these smartphones and then they'd, every year they'd come out with a new version and people would wait in line for hours and hours. Something seemed very phony about all of that. And then I find out that there's an awful lot of people that are actually addicted to their cell phone. 
And when they came out with these smartphones, I told people, I said, you know, all, you do, all you're going to do is stick your nose in that thing and you're going to get addicted to it. And they'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, they just blow me off. And now I find out that, yes, that is a real thing. And so I know that some of my listeners love their smartphone, so they're not going to like what I have to say. But it's time to ditch your smartphone, and if you have to carry a phone, get a flip phone. And I wouldn't go through a big carrier either. I'd just go through one of these companies that they consider them burned phones, where you just buy it at a retail place, and they issue you a number, and you just pay as you go. There's several companies out there that do that, and I would recommend that you do that. Because I think this coming year is going to see some massive chaos. And I think that the tracking that they're trying to do is extremely massive. Now, I understand 5G, I think, fairly well by listening to Bob Bierman and him explaining exactly what it is. And I'm going to be paraphrasing here what Bob Bierman told me. He said that 5G, the real danger in it, is the speed that they're going to be able to send and collect information on people. It's not the actual 5G beam or the wave or whatever supposedly is supposed to get you. But he said it's just a massive amount of information that can be sent by 5G as compared to the others. And so that information could be used against you or it could be information that they are gathering about you. And so I would stay as far away from a smartphone as I could. As a matter of fact, if I had a smartphone, even though I paid good money for it, I would have a ball-peen hammer party. Now, I know that sounds real extreme, but one way to break an addiction is to go ahead and destroy what you're addicted to. And when I say you're addicted to it, I'm not saying that in a demeaning way. I'm not trying to say people are weak or they're somehow flawed. I'm saying that I think that these things are highly addictive. I think they were built to be that way. I think just like everything else, there's a plan behind everything. And to have everyone having smartphones so they could check their social credit score or whatever they're going to do, they're tracking people with their phones. They're using the phone as a weapon to control you. Now, you might say, well, I use it every day as my computer or every day to use it as a phone or a whatever you use it for. But I think if you would step back to technology that's pre-smartphone and relearn how you used to do your job and how you used to live your life before all of that distraction came in, I think you're going to be much happier and you're going to be much less able to be controlled and tracked. And I really think that 2023, we're going to see a massive increase as far as they're going to turn the heat up on that old frog they're trying to boil. And make no mistake, we are the frog that's in that pot. And if we don't jump out of that pot, we're going to get boiled. And one of the things that they're using to keep us in the pot, in my opinion, is smartphones. I know that a lot of listeners are not going to agree with me. And I understand that. But I really think you need to take some time and think about that. Now I have a computer and I'm on the internet. And I know that every site that I visit is being tracked. Every site that you visit is being tracked. And I know that information is being sold to different people of where I go on my computer because I have ads pop up that wouldn't pop up if I wasn't being tracked. And I'm sure you're having the same thing. And I think that's bad enough. And if I could do my show without a computer, I definitely would. 
If this show would go back to the old days of analog and tape, I would be just fine with that. But I don't see that happening. And so if I'm going to be a broadcaster, that's one of the prices I have to pay. But I would never have a smartphone. And I would never voluntarily have anything that could track my motion. I don't even own a vehicle that has a computer in it. I am totally untrackable. Everything I have has a distributor with points and a condenser, not even electronic ignition. I'm talking about old school. That's how I live my life is old school. But I'm going to let you in on a little true story here. I got a chance to perform for President Ronald Reagan twice, the first time when he was in office. And where I was going to be standing was next to the president, not close to him, but there was nobody standing in between me and Ronald Reagan. I was about 20 yards away, just out of camera shot, and ABC and CNN and NBC and CBS and all these other alphabet propaganda places, they were all there to record. But I had to go through a rigorous background check. The Secret Service really does not mess around, and they do massive background checks on anyone that comes in any close proximity to a president or a world leader. And you have to really have a clean record to be able to do that. But I'm going to quote what the Secret Service told me. Now, this was back in 1987, but I'm going to tell you what they told me at the time. The Secret Service finally drove into my yard because Ronald Reagan was visiting in my area, and he was only going to be a mile away from my house. And so it was easy for Secret Service to drive to my house. But the Secret Service member looked at me and said, You are the hardest person we've ever had to try to find information on. You are almost impossible to track. We had to drive up here to talk to you. So you have been very frustrating for us. And on the inside, I smiled. I was really happy to hear that. Because even then, I didn't want to be tracked by the government. It's not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's just none of their business what I do. That's not the reason for government. They're not there to spy on us. They're not there to sell our information. They're not there to be our adversary. That's not what they're for. But yet, that's how they act. Now, I'm sure I'm easier to trace now since I have the radio show. But I'm definitely not going to make it easy for anyone to track where I'm going. And if I want to go to a grocery store or want to drive to the next town or whatever, I want to be able to do that and keep that in my business. But if I have a smartphone or a computer in my car, forget it. I'm not telling you to get rid of your new car because nobody really wants to go back to the old plugs, points, and condensers like I'm doing. But I will tell you this, but I do want to tell you this, I have an immense feeling of freedom that feels really good, and I wouldn't change that for the world. One more quick thing before I have to sign off. In 2023, I think we're going to see things we don't want to see. We're going to hear things we don't want to hear. We're going to experience things we've never experienced before. And so I think you need to mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually get yourself toughened up for what's about to come. Because I think only the strong are going to survive. And people that listen to my show and shows like mine that try to help toughen you up and try to wake you up, I think are a good thing. And so I would encourage you to stay tuned to this program and others that do their best to wake you up and inform you. And I'm going to put in a quick plug for everyone on shortwave. The people on shortwave, for the most part, 
are not bought and paid for by anybody. They're independent thinkers. They're independent broadcasters. And you're going to get the truth on shortwave more than anywhere else you go for your news. That I am absolutely sure of. And so if you don't have a shortwave radio, you need to get one. You need to get used to listening to it because listening to shortwave programming is different than listening to regular AM and FM just because of the way it's set up as well as the atmospheric conditions and things that can come and disrupt shortwave that that normally leaves AM radio and FM radio totally alone. And so don't just buy your shortwave radio and put it in a corner and just turn it on during an emergency because you really won't know the ropes of how to find what you need to find. But believe me, the free thinkers and the people are out there on shortwave. They are there. And like me, they're sticking their neck out and they're giving their opinion and they're trying to help. And so that's my last little word of advice is get yourself a shortwave radio and actually use it. Learn how to use it. You might be a little frustrated and confused at first of how you're going to get your stations and where to look. But if you pay attention in a week or two, you'll kind of know the ropes. Well, I hope you got something from this show today. It's been kind of all over the map. And I would hope that you consider contributing to this show because the only way I'm able to bring this show to you is by listener support. I take checks and money orders, and you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And I appreciate each and every donation. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep your powder dry. Stay positive. Stay trainable. Stay strong. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.